The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Astrology reveals insights into the greater world, its changing cycles, and universal forces. Through the lens of astrology, we examine special topics and current events, investigate their meaning, and discuss solutions to personal and global problems. Welcome to Astrology, the Theory of Everything, with Mary Jo Weavers and Janie McCarthy. We're here to show you how astrology can be a powerful tool for self-awareness and transformation. You'll be amazed how everything is interconnected when using astrology. Now, here are your hosts, Mary Jo and Janie. Welcome. I am Mary Jo Weavers, here today with my co-host and friend, Janie McCarthy. On today's show, we will be talking about the Leo topic of the inner child with our guests, Linda and Michael Brady, President and Vice President of Partners for Karmic Freedom. Hello, Janie, and welcome, Linda and Michael. Hi. Linda, you have been a holistic teacher and karmic astrologer for 40 years. You have clients and students, including Janie and myself, Mm -hmm. in 34 states in the U.S. and in 10 countries worldwide. Your 1998 book, Discovering Your Soul Mission, How to Use Karmic Astrology to Create the Life You Want, was reproduced in four languages. And Michael, your background is in psychology, hypnosis, meditation, and you are also a skilled astrologer. Working together, the two of you with your combined skills and experience bring your holistic philosophy to clients and students, helping them integrate their personality with their spiritual soul mission in life. Janie and I are so happy to have you both here with us today to talk about the inner child work you have been doing over the years. And now you are releasing a book on the subject. Yes. Yes, wonderful. So I would like to begin our discussion by asking, what does the term inner child refer to? Uh, To me, it is that piece of us that was imprinted when we were very young, you know, experiences that coalesced into a part of us that became unconscious as we got older, and yet it's still there. And, you know, the thing that I believe about it is that it's a relational experience. It's a relationship between me and that part of me. You know, certainly there are, you know, many psychological constructs that say that, you know, what we learn as children, babies, even in utero babies, has a lot to do with how we be- what we become. And that's, I agree. And I believe that my little girl inside of me is a real, honest-to-God part of me. And that my job as a cosmic mother is to nurture her, heal her, help her life be joyful and happy. And so it's a reality for me. It's not just a construct. Hmm. It's real. Well, in the, certainly in the sun sign month of Leo, 
um, it seems to be front and center for a lot of us answering the question who we are yeah. and who we are having such uh, collective common roots in that inner child experience. So, Linda, uh, tell me, how important do you think it is uh, to have an emotionally, mentally healthy life and what the inner child has to say about that? I think it's paramount. Of all the things that Michael and I do, and we do a lot of karmic work, as you know, the most important thing as we move into the age of Aquarius is to become mature cosmic adults. And for me, that means that we become the good mother and the good father to that child that lives within us. So having that integration, that ability to integrate those, all those pieces together, I think is amazingly important. And because the, the inner child tends to be unconscious until we bring them to consciousness, there's a lot of things that happen. I mean, I remember days in my life early on where I would say things that were very outrageous. And I would turn around and look and go, did I really say that? I didn't really do that. I didn't say that, did I? But I had. And it was that part of me, that unconscious part of me, that inner child part of me that wanted my attention. And, and that's what happened. And, you know, Carl Jung says that when we're unconscious about things, we create chaos outside ourselves. So I think it's real important to understand our inner child because we don't want to have chaotic lives. And the inner child is determined to get our attention or if they're not that's even worse because then they're very hidden and chaotic behaviors occur so that level of integration between the inner child and the inner adults is i think is primarily important so speak more about that emotional mental holistic healthfulness Okay, well, first of all, the whole idea of the holistic triangle is the understanding of mind, body, and soul. So in the body part of us is, is our emotional nature. And the inner child, in many ways, contains our, our emotion. So we want to be emotionally healthy. If we're not emotionally healthy, then we're doing things like projecting problems onto our partners or having illnesses or all the things that happen when we're unconsciously aware of what's going on, certainly around fear and anger, sadness, grief. And, and all those, a lot of those emotions, you know, come from the inner child. Now, a lot of them are adult emotions, too. But there are still some, in my experience, some very deep wounds that many of my clients' children have gone through and have survived at three and at four. I have clients right now that I'm working with where we're going back in utero, and their inner ch- children haven't even taken a breath yet. But there's, it's still a viable process that they're learning from their mothers and figuring out what's going on in the world before they're even six, seven months old in utero. Mm. So it's amazingly important to us. And every client we have on retreat, everything we do, in one facet or another, you know, stems back to what have you said to your little girl or your little boy today? Mm. What's the relationship you have with them today? I have clients who come and say, oh, I did inner child work with Bradshaw back in the 90s. Terrific. Great. I, I love Bradshaw's first book. Wonderful. Homecoming, by the way. And, and then I say, well, so great. You had that experience, and it was wonderful, and it was life-changing and all that. Great. And then I say, so what did you do with your inner child yesterday? Linda, do all of our emotions come from our inner child? Yeah. I think, I, I think on some level. So, you know, we certainly have 
anger at a, at a childlike level, and then we have anger at an adult level. So both is true. I don't want to denigrate the adult parts of ourselves. But the reality, I think, in many ways, that those primary feelings, mad, glad, sad, scared, ashamed, come from our inner child, and it comes from the moon sign in an astrological chart. And the moon, and the moon sign represents our inner feelings, our emotions, our inner mother energy, our, the kind of mother we created, actually. So the moon energy in a woman's chart, especially, and is it's vital, and in a man's chart, it's often projected, which means that they're looking for women in their life to take care of their inner children because they don't want to do it themselves. That becomes a problem in a marriage, as you can well imagine. And that Michael? It's, you know, it's the whole thing about child, you know, the child-adult problem in a marriage, it doesn't work. Michael, maybe you could uh, help us relate the ego, the psyche, and the inner child. Tell us about how they impact, affect, reflect each other. Linda, maybe you yeah. could answer that question for us. We're having some technical dif- difficulties. technical difficulties. <laughs> yeah, getting Michael into the call, but it'll happen. Yeah. Um, well, the different, you know, their ego self, you know, is a conscious self. The unconscious self is, is that. It's below the ego. So we're, we're looking here at finding ways to connect everything. You know, bring all those pieces together. That's why our, we call our work soul personality integration because there's so many different pieces the reason I'm an astrologer in the first place, one of the biggest reasons was that I knew I had so many distinct parts of myself, so many pieces that I didn't understand. I mean, all over the place, different voices, different this, different that. And astrology, thank God, gives us an opportunity to go into that. So we're able to take the ego and the unconscious and this and that and the child and the adult and the projections and all those things that make up who we are and bring it to consciousness, which is what we want. We want to be conscious adults as we continue to move into this new age. So the key word is integration. Discrimination and integration, I would say, to, to work all that out. Many people, number one, don't know they have an inner child. And when they learn about the concept of the inner child, they haven't a clue about what the personality of the inner child is. So, you know, there's a lot of information that we can we glean, glean from an astrological chart to do all those systems and all those constructs and create all these paradigms and how they work together or how they can challenge each other. It looks like we have Michael back on the call. Oh, yay. Michael? Yes, I'm here. Oh, well, <laughs> um, <laughs> Skype is a Skype is a challenge. Well, I'm, that's um, why I came. That's why I came to Jenny's, Michael, because I didn't want to be challenged like that. I would probably have had a a cow or something. So good. I'm glad you're on the call. <laughs> I'm glad to be here myself. Okay. Janie, did you have a, a question for Michael? I'd I'd love uh, for Michael to talk. Michael, first of all, has a, a, quite the in depth. Uh, psychology background, and he is a ravenous student when it comes to continually learning about psychology. And so, it's your expertise from that perspective, Michael, that I really want to hear about. And I, although we haven't gotten into any symptomatic um, descriptions yet of a uh, dismembered, fragmented inner child. 
Sometimes in my readings, I have heard the inner child stress or condition of trauma referred to as a post-traumatic stress-like experience. Yes, I agree uh, with that. And so, too, yeah. that's, that's, so if, we, if we think about people um, in, in that light, what do your studies from that psychological Jungian standpoint tell you about us? Well, I think that, that um, all of us at, at birth have a blank slate part. That is a new personality that doesn't have any imprints. Now, there's a karmic imprint in our unconscious from our past lifetimes that we bring in. But that, that new personality slate, if you will, that comes around each time at birth, I think there's a free space after we're born. Uh, it could be weeks or months. It could be three years, but there's a place where all children start out of life, I think, new in that sense, and they're, they're, they're interested in life, they're happy, they're exploratory, those kinds of things. And then at some point, I say, our karma kicks in, which means that there is some trauma in our childhood, and everyone's childhood has some kind of traumas in it. Uh, and at that point, it, it activates what I think is our karmic path, uh, based on our chart. So all of that underpinning comes up, which is the emotional unresolved things from past lifetimes that we came in to try to grow through and deal with and get uh, better at. Uh, and, it, and it starts our script here. So at that point, you have a wounded child. That's the moment where I think you have a wounded child appear each lifetime in a personality. And of course, that uh, inner child is arrested at that age. It could be three, it could be four, it could be five, it, it, it could be as young as t- six months uh, or a year in my experience with other people. Um, and everyone, I think at that point, out of the five things I think we can use to describe feelings and emotions, glad, mad, sad, scared, and ashamed. Those are the labels I think God built into us. Um Everyone, I think, as they be, as they reach the moment of their inner or, or, or wounded child, uh, locks into an emotional theme. It could be scared. It could be ashamed. It could be uh, mad. It could be scared. Uh, and that emotion then interferes with their ability to love. It, it influences how their personalities develop. And then, of course, down the line in psychology, all that would tend to manifest into the kind of labels that we put on people's disorders in life. Does that make sense? It sure does. I'll tell you what, um, let's, uh, let's go to break now. Uh, because all these co- all these questions, they they have such rich answers. I don't want to have to interrupt uh, earlier. So let's go to break a little early this time, and we'll be back real soon. Stay tuned. The Voice America Seventh Wave Channel. Janie McCarthy loves being a professional astrologer. 
Her academic pursuits in consciousness exploration, negotiations, and relationship transformation have been critical to helping her clients integrate their material and spiritual worlds. She is known for her ability to simplify and articulate even the most complex concepts to trigger aha moments of pure, meaningful, and lasting clarity. Janie is available for booking presentations, workshops, and client consultations and can be contacted at www.janiemccarthy.com. Mary Jo Weavers is a licensed spiritual health coach specializing in soul personality integration. A certified karmic astrologer, Mary Jo uses the symbolic language of astrology to help her clients understand themselves and their life experiences from a deeper spiritual perspective. Mary Jo can help you gain clarity about your life purpose, relationship dynamics, and how to live your life more effectively. She is available for astrological consultations in person, by phone, and Skype. Check out her website at www.maryjoweavers.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. listening to astrology the theory of everything to reach the hosts or the guests today please call 1-866-472-5795 again that's 1-866-472-5795 you may also send an email to astrotalkradio at icloud.com now back to the show hi welcome back um, this is Janie McCarthy here with my co-host and friend, Mary Jo Weavers, and we are so excited and, and really happy to have Linda and Michael Brady with us speaking about the inner child. Mary Jo and I met through astrology, through a course that we took with Linda and Michael, and this moment in time for the four of us is very blessed because there's this karmic reunion thing going on that it just it, it just needs to be spoken. So, yes. welcome back, and uh, we were talking about the inner child, of course. Um, Michael, you were giving us some great information about how the inner child's mental health and emotional healthfulness uh, shows up later in our lives. Yes, I'm here. <laughs> so, so would I you should... continue talking about that? Sure. Okay. So um, I think when a child's um, first traumas show up, they orient to a particular emotional response. So they could be mad or scared or shamed, which then would uh, uh, turn into guilty uh, or sad, uh, any of those. So that I think all children end up having an emotional dominant theme at some point in their childhood that coincides with having a wounded child. And then that emotion becomes a filter through which all of their behavioral growth goes through uh, and um, interferes with their ability to be open and to love 
fully, completely either give or receive love uh, as they're growing up and they develop. And as a result of that, I think most, if not all, of the disorders that we have under psychology end up as some form of a way of explaining or expressing that problem. Hmm. So, Linda, let's let's uh, get into some astrology here. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the astrological interpretation of the inner child? Okay, uh, that's where it gets really wonderful. The uh, the moon sign in a chart tells us exactly what the what the personality of the inner child is. So, the more you understand about your moon, and the more you research your moon, the more you're going to understand who she is, who he is. And then you're going to be able to extrapolate that out to the kind of mother that that child created and what happened between the bonds between the mother and the child. And then we look to Saturn in the chart to give us information about what kind of bonds the child had with the father. So immediately we have this triangulization in a chart of what happened with that child and what was going on, and what emotions did predominate, and what spiritual issues did come up, and what karmic issues came up between the mother and the child, and the mother and the child and the father. So it's, it's very, very rich. And a, and a lot of New Age parents are coming to us and saying, I want to know my child, not because of what I think I know about my child, but I want to know my child based on, Linda, what you see in the chart. Tell me about my child. So they are learning to parent their children exactly the way the child wanted to be parented. And sometimes there's a problem there. There are conflicts there. And the parent and mother says, but I don't, I'm not acting like that. I say, yeah, that's right. Well, let's take a look at the karmic relationship between you and your child and see what's going on there. So it's extraordinarily rich. Mm-hmm. And it's so important, you know, to have that because then we know the child from inside the child, not external to the child. Well, what a great question? segue that is. So, Linny, uh, that is the name that I have heard you lovingly refer to your inner child as. Uh-huh. Would you do us the kindness you have in many classes before? Mm-hmm. Um, letting us eavesdrop on a conversation between you and Linny? Oh, I would love to. I'll set the stage. We are walking in Celebration, Florida, and Michael and I are doing our daily walk, and... Out of the clear blue sky, in the back, I hear, I hate baby poopy pink, mommy. And I went, Lenny? (laughs) And she said, yes, and I hate baby poopy blue, too. Okay. And so then I said, well, why do you hate baby poopy pink, Lenny? And then she went on to tell me all the reasons why it was was too babyish and it was too this. She's three years old. It was too this. It was too that. And I'm going, well, you know, sweetheart, you don't have to wear those colors. Does mommy ever wear those colors? No, and I'm glad mommy doesn't, too. That's the kind of conversation. And often in my life, and Michael will attest to this, I allow Lenny voice because that was something she didn't have. She didn't have a voice when she was young. So now, you know, there are times it can be a bit embarrassing. If you could imagine the people behind me on that walk probably thought I was schizophrenic, but, you know. Um, so th- that's the thing, you know, being able to allow, for me, to allow Linny that. You know, I'm working on revising a, a book now, and we're very, very busy. And all of a sudden, the week's gone, and Linny and Mikey haven't done a thing. So we're deciding now, okay, we have to do something with these kids, because if we don't, there's going to be a depression sitting in. It's not going to be mine. It's going to be hers. Hmm. And she's going to get angry. 
and she's going to have her little temper tantrums because she's good at that. And she's very, very articulate, so she lets me know it. The key for me is to stay aware of it and to be aware that the depression I may feel, it may not be mine. I may be having a great day, and all of a sudden I'm feeling down or sad or something and going, oh, Lenny, what's up, babe? And then she'll tell me. Mm. And then I move on down the line. Mm-hmm. So it's really that, quite a miracle. Linda, so that conversation that you had with Linny about the poopy, pinky, whatever the problem was there, <laughs> what, did, yeah. what, what did that conversation bring up for you into your consciousness? What was she trying to share with you that you got out of that conversation? That she had very clear ideas of things that she was a very old, young child. My little girl was raped when she was three by a mentally retarded boy that we, that we worked next to. And I remember, and it's been told to me, and I remember this, saying to the police officers, don't hurt him. He's not as smart as I am. And that part of her, that little saintly, you know, counselor part of her, has always been there, and I wasn't aware of it. There are times, there are times when I, I'm working with a client, and my little my little girl's voice says, "Mommy, ba 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 ba," and I'll go, "Oh, she's right, she's right," and I'll change direction because she's always right about that. She's so psychic and so intuitive, you know. So I wasn't paying attention enough to that. I wasn't giving her that voice either. So the baby poopy pink thing was her way of really getting my attention when the reality behind that is, listen to me, Mom. I, got, I, I have good ideas, too. That's great. Mm. Linda, uh, we have a listener, Ginny, who um, has a question. She writes that she has a moon in Taurus. And what does that mean for her little girl? Uh, using astrology, how would you talk to, uh, how would you explain to Ginny about her little girl? What I would say to Ginny about her little girl is that she loves to garden. She loves to hold on to things that she holds dear. That she could, everything around her has meaning, tactile meaning, touch, scent, smell. That she can look at something and her little girl can look at it and go, Mommy, I love to touch it, or Mommy, I love the color. And that there's a, such a deep earthly connection that her little girl has to the earth and to everything on the earth. And it's, it's important for a moon and Taurus child to know how valued she is. Taurus needs to know that, about their self-value and their self-esteem. And many moon and Taurus children don't get enough of that. They, they tend to have to make it on their own somehow or just, you know, do put one foot in front of the other, but that they really need to be loved and adored and valued by their inner mother, inner father. But the thing that's so wonderful about a charged child is they make things happen. They know how to do things, you know, and they know how to put pieces together, you know, ways I could never do, you know, because they're tactile and they know how to, hand, they know how to manipulate the earth. And they're very creative children especially when it comes to like gardening and things like that where they can actually see things grow. They want to see things grow. And they love the colors. So they love plants, you know, and the colors of plants, especially that beautiful pink color, you know. Not baby poopy pink, but that other color. <laughs> you know, whatever the color that is. So they are um, ex- they're extraordinary little girls that really, they don't want to let go of the things they own. They don't want to let go because those things hold memory. And more so than any other sign, 
Taurus wants to hold on to what memories they have of things. That's what I would say to her little girl about her. Linda, mm-hmm. um, and and Michael too. Um, please, if uh, if uh, you want to jump in here, I wish you would, dear. Okay, um, we're not all blessed to have the perfect. Well, I guess we have the perfect parents. We have the ones that we uh, pre-negotiated with to come yeah, in and play right. their role in this incarnation. Right. Got but that right. <laughs> on a mundane level, on an experiential level, as a young child. There are a lot of possibilities for who those influential parent-like people could be in our lives. Do, do clients of yours find alternatives in their em- emotional lives that they were parented by that give them a broader view yeah. of I mean, that experience? I like, to, I like to answer that first now, Michael, then I'd like you to. They, that's what they choose Michael and I for, often. When people come to Florida or, they, or Vermont, wherever we were, for retreat, one of the things I say up front is you're coming to be with your cosmic mother and father. You're coming to understand what it's like to be parented in a new way, spiritually, emotionally, physically. And so, and I think people, whether they are coming to us or going to other coaches or teachers or whatever, I think we all need to attract those people, you know, that could be what we need them to be. And oftentimes it happens, you know, with teachers when we're younger, or it happens with a step-parent, or it happens with a friend. It, you know, I think it's very important, and we do that naturally, because we know we have a hole that needs to be filled, and we need to understand how not only we feel we need to be parented, but how we can learn ourselves how to parent our child. Okay, that's all I wanted to say. Michael, you want to say something about that? Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think any. I haven't met anybody who's had perfect parents yet. Uh, even the people I thought had, uh, I guess what I would call privileged childhoods, where they didn't have a lot of economic struggle or they didn't have a lot of desires that were not fulfilled in a material way by their parents. Uh, even those people who I would have thought would have been kind of bulletproof. Uh, did not grow up often, always, um, being whole and happy people. Um, because in life, it's important to have contrast. And it, it, in that instance, they probably didn't have enough struggle in their life to have enough contrast. But at any rate, including everyone, even those um, examples of uh, growing up in what we think are like the best families, including everybody along with that, um, I think what all children want is unconditional love. And unconditional love is sort of like um, if you've ever loved a pet, loved a dog, a cat, a horse, any animal in your life that, that you've loved along the way. You know with, with uh, pets, with animals, that even if they misbehave and you get angry with them, they peel on the carpet or they do something, um, it's the emotion you feel with them is a flash. And always underneath of that is that way that your pet makes you feel or the way your child makes you feel if you have biological children and, and, your, and your heart connected to them. Uh, that unconditional love, I think, is what all children want. And unfortunately, uh, currently on the planet, a lot of kids get what I would call conditional love, that, that 
their parents uh, growing up, at least at times, are not just flashingly angry with them or, or sad about them, but they really disconnect from their children at the emotional place when certain things happen. So we all grow up knowing what that lack of that is, that connection, because it makes kids feel safe and warm and happy and they can be exploratory and creative and all that good stuff when that's there. When you take that away, it interferes with, with all of those processes and yet we grow up. So growing up, we grow up in a sort of impaired emotional way, if you will. And how we grow up and love other people, including our spouses, is built on that foundation of our childhood. So I'm saying almost everybody I know Everybody, I think, on the current planet grows up with an impaired way to love. And so when you connect with your inner child in this lifetime uh, and you begin to take on a relationship, not just the idea, but a relationship, an emotionally attached relationship with your inner child, then that also has to call up a parent to be in relationship, which is a part of yourself. And I think people who do that, who connect with their inner child as a grown-up, will pull on their innate understanding of what unconditional love is, so that when you're in a relationship with your inner child, uh, you you feel warm every time you make that connection toward that child, regardless of what's going on. You feel warmed by the child, like if you would pick up a child that you really uh, hold... Uh, close to your heart and hug them externally you know you you feel what you give to them and you feel what they give back to you physically in your body when you do that i think that kind of of a relationship from our internal parent even if we didn't have it uh actually as a child growing up we all have an innate sense of that inside because of our own desire for it we give that to our inner child and it forms a very strong connection Hmm. Uh, michael we heard from linda about how the moon in our astrological chart represents our inner child and uh we also know that the fourth house in the horoscope also says something about that can you uh, talk about how the fifth house cusp uh, tells us something about our inner child's nesting experience and how we can best navigate our departure from what has been our home, uh, represented by that fourth house, and uh, as we move into the greater world where we can learn self-mastery, which is uh, an issue of the fifth house. Exactly, yes. yeah. So uh, children, our external kids, are an issue of the fifth house. Also, our inner child obviously falls in the fifth house because children fall all themes around child fall in the fifth house uh, and is the container for the happy child, the, ex- the exploratory child, the creative child, the playful child. All of that, that energy of childhood of the child is contained in the fifth house. So, for instance, I have Aries on the cusp of my fifth house. So, uh, it, if you read anything about your astrological sign that's on the cusp of your fifth house, it will tell you what kind of an inner child you are, what kind of an inner child you have. So mine is Aries, and, and Aries is just do it. It's the Nike commercial. It's the, uh, it's the action-oriented, go out, play, don't think, just do. So 
like the downside of that is impulsive and accidental, but the the upside of that is exploratory and brave and 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 action oriented. So my child in the fifth house with with Aries there is innately that kind of a child. So when my wounded child showed up in my life, guess what happened to that Aryan child? He got repressed. He got scared. He got knocked off balance. Uh, do you see how that works? Right. Yes. Let me um, ask if we can go to break right now. Stay tuned. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Mary Jo Weavers is a licensed spiritual health coach specializing in soul personality integration. A certified karmic astrologer, Mary Jo uses the symbolic language of astrology to help her clients understand themselves and their life experiences from a deeper spiritual perspective. Mary Jo can help you gain clarity about your life purpose, relationship dynamics, and how to live your life more effectively. She is available for astrological consultations in person, by phone, and Skype. Check out her website at www.maryjoweavers.com. Janie McCarthy loves being a professional astrologer. Her academic pursuits in consciousness exploration, negotiations, and relationship transformation have been critical to helping her clients integrate their material and spiritual worlds. She is known for her ability to simplify and articulate even the most complex concepts to trigger aha moments of pure, meaningful, and lasting clarity. Janie is available for booking presentations, workshops, and client consultations and can be contacted at www.janiemccarthy.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. You are listening to Astrology, the Theory of Everything. To reach the hosts or the guests today, please call 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to astrotalkradio at icloud.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. This is Janie McCarthy. I'm here with my co-host and friend, Mary Jo Weavers, and we are hosting our teachers, Linda and Michael Brady, today. They are truly internationally renowned experts on the inner child. How many countries was your book, Discovering Your Soul Mission, published in? Uh, How many countries? Yes. Is that what you said? Uh, Four. Yes. Four languages. I don't know how many countries, but they were four languages. So, uh, we are in the sun sign month of Leo, and we're touching on a lot of different aspects that have to do with self-identity. Last week, if you didn't catch the show, we were talking with Tiffany Lennon about leadership and how we lead ourselves forward in our own lives. And now, today, we're talking with Lyndon Michael about the inner child and how that piece of self-identity forms. 
And Linda, uh, earlier in our discussion, you were talking about how we sometimes project our unconscious inner child onto others. Um, Can you tell us, uh, do you ever project your inner child, Linny? And if so, what, what does that look like when that's happening? Well, Michael might be the better one to ask that question too, but I, but I can I can te- I can tell we'll you. We'll get to him. Yeah, get to him later. Um, I I know when she's doing it. I mean, she sidles up to him and she sort of bats her eyes and she sort of squirms a little and she does her little dance and oh, Mikey, yeah, you know that kind of baby voice. And sometimes it's just the way I said it. She she's irritating. Sometimes she's just really sweet and loving. The challenge is though when when it's happening, I. I would not be as aware of as Michael would be aware because projection is an unconscious process. So there are times that I know that, that Lenny wants something from Michael. She wants the good dad. You know, she didn't have a good dad. So she wants Michael to be the good father, and she wants him to do things with her or for her. And that's inappropriate in a marriage. You know, she's wanting him to be the father that she never had, and that is totally not okay. Now, when it's conscious, it's sort of fun. You know, so we can go to, you know, Disney World or Bush Gardens and we can be little kids together. That We have play dates and that's fun. You know, we both, Mikey can be there and Lenny's there and we just sort of do our little, our little thing. Uh, which, when it's a problem is when the relationship is, the, the child is projecting on a spouse and it's creating an inequality in the relationship. It, it interferes with sex a lot. A lot of clients come to me and with sexual difficulties because one or the other is the child in the marriage and you know the other partner doesn't want to be incestuous but it feels that way because mm. because that child you know is so needy and the other the the partner goes you know I really want to take care of this child and all this is not conscious you know but then they go well, we go to bed together and there's no passion or there's no interest because it's a child there so that's that's troublesome. That's a problem in a relationship when the, when the inner child seeking out and projecting onto not just you know an intimate partner, but it could be a friend. It could be anyone where they're wanting that, and then they get back you know then the adult part of us gets back feedback. Well, you know you're probably being childish right now, or you're really being this or that or the other thing. And oftentimes it's true that the inner child is being you know child is being childlike, which is interpreted as childish. So it's it's a challenge, and it's something that that most people have to deal with. You know, women tend to do this with their partners a lot. I have a lot of clients who have they say, "Oh, my husband has my fourth child." You've heard that, I'm sure. And mm-hmm. so the mother mm-hmm. now in us is taking care of of the, the spouse because she's another child after all. And there are a lot of men that like that, you know, that want to be seen, you know, as a child to a mother. So it's, it can be very, it's, it's important for the, all that to come into consciousness, you know, to really aid people in their relationships. Yes. Michael? So take us to the same um, place and time and uh, give us your, your little boy Michael's view of that experience. Of, of her little girl showing up? Uh, and the projection that she just explained. Okay, well, the intimacy, my, the uh, the moments of intimacy oh, when oh, oh. little Michael well, see, is there instead of big Michael. Oh, well, see, that doesn't occur for us because we're conscious of our relationship 
with our inner children. But when you're not aware of a relationship with your inner child, then you're also not aware of your own emotions very much. Because let's face it, by the time we're seven years old, we've been taught to not be angry, not be sad, not be scared, not be ashamed, not be killed, not be anything, including not even be too happy by the time we're seven years old. So we try to not have what other people call problematic feelings, right? We try not to have have an emotion. Then we grow up in a culture that says that logical, rational thinking is the ultimate view of reality and the truth. Not emotions, but thought. And so from a scientific perspective, you know, we're taught to not roll in emotions as a valid part of our experience to evaluate or to understand anything, really. So most of us grow up out of touch with our inner children. I did. And even after I went to undergraduate and graduate school and had a master's degree in psychology and all that good stuff was down, I'm still unaware of my inner child for the most part until I was 30-something. People grow up unaware of their inner children. They grow up unaware of most of their emotional experience because we were designed, I think, by the creator to have feelings constantly. Emotions are meant to be short-lived immediate comments from the body on our experiences outside and inside of ourselves. So a commentary to what happens inside and outside. And that instills a form of meaning to our experience that primarily in our culture and our times we're taught to ignore. So that means our inner children are the containership of most of our emotional experience most of the time. So when that goes on, there's a ton of projection going on, and it shows up everywhere. It shows up at work. It shows up in the bedroom. It shows up everywhere. One of the things I, I can say to that is when my little girl is acting inappropriate in whatever way that is, um, Michael is very good about saying, talk to your mother about that. Mm. He, he won't get in the middle of it, which is very smart because she's very manipulative. <laughs> So, I love that cue. And, and he'll say, and he'll say that a lot. And as soon as he says that, then if I'm not as aware as I could be of my projections, then I go, "Oh, okay, Lenny, let's let's go have a talk." You know, that's not something you need to ask Michael. It's something you need to ask me. And so he's been. Michael's been very, very good about that. And Michael lost his mother when he was six years old, and I'm nine years older than Michael. So in some ways, one could say that you know, when he chose me, he chose an idea of what he wanted the good mother to be. And there are times that's been true, but not, not mostly, just occasionally. We have a caller from Florida. Hello, Darlene. What question do you have for us? Hi. Uh, I was wondering, Linda and Michael, uh, if you could talk uh, a little bit about um, how to make the inner child more conscious I know we've spoken about the moon and about Saturn and about the fourth and fifth house. But when a, okay. when a client comes to you and says, I don't know how to make my inner child more conscious, what part of the chart do you use or how might you come to help them answer those questions when they're not sitting in a session with you? Okay, that's a great question. What, um, what I, there are some strategies and techniques that I write about in the manual that I've written, the baby book for the inner child. 
a lot of it is having the client go back into their life through photographs, through mem- you know, through talking to people, you know, finding out who they really were at three and four and five. Getting pictures is great because you can do a chronology of, a, of pictures. You can put down ten pictures, and I bet you a dollar to a donut somewhere within those ten pictures, there's going to be a child that gives you exa- a child's picture that gives you exactly what you need to understand what that child is. And so that's the kind of thing, going, getting family histories, going back and saying, what happened when I was three, Mom? Or, you know, when did Daddy leave? It Was I three or four or five? You know, finding those things out. And then we're going to get more of an idea of the impact. And the moon sign, I can't say enough about that because it, you know, it gives us the personality. And, it, and we can research our moon sign forever and get more and more information about that. The, the thing that's important, though, is to make a commitment and I'll say, and I have said to people, if you're not ready to make a commitment to working with your inner child, then I'm not working the inner child work with you. Because too many times, too many ways, that inner child has come to the surface to be pushed down. And so the key, I think, to helping a person get in touch with their inner child is for them to create a safe zone with me or someone else where they can start to explore that, to look, you know, to go inside, to do meditations. Michael's done four beautiful meditations to help people get in touch with their inner children, you know, their relationships with their parents, the whole, all of that. And, you know, so it's, then it becomes a relational experience because I'm still learning about Lenny and I've known about her for 22 years. So, you know, there's always, there's always more to know. But it's really, it's a great question, darling, because it's important to, for it to be conscious. And the more relationally connected we are with our inner children, the more conscious we are, the more we're going to utilize some to- you know, tools and techniques and whatever. Just the idea of play. We haven't talked much about play, and that, well, that's not a Leo <laughs> concept. I don't know what it is. The whole idea of playfulness and play and creative play and wanting to have fun. You know, one of the things I, I haven't, my mission is to be a Leo, so I've been working on this a very long time, to learn how important it is to have childlike fun. Most people say, oh, you go to Disney World, you go to Bush Gardens, isn't that for kids? I said, yep, it is. That's exactly <laughs> why we go, because it's about our children and other things we do too, but it's very, very important, the fun thing. And, you know, saying to a person, did you like to color when you were little? Yeah. Well, why don't you go get yourself a coloring book and start coloring and be, be that three and four and five-year-old when you color. And don't worry about coloring inside the lines. Just have a great time with the coloring book and see what, what shows up because your little girl's down there. She wants to be seen. She wants to be recognized. She just needs permission to do that. Linda and Michael, we just have a few minutes left on the show, and I know Janie and I want uh, you to share with our listeners about your upcoming ebook release and yes, your yes. inner child manual and any workshops or programs that you have coming up. Okay, we don't have any programs coming up. We have a lot. We're doing a lot more retreating now than we've ever done, which is wonderful. And that's that. that to us, it's the most transformational thing we do. Um, I have. A, I've always wanted to write a baby book for the inner child, and I did a few years ago. So it's now it's available. Uh, you can go on creativechoices.com, or you can email us directly at creativech 
at AOL.com. It's called Through the Eyes of a Child, a Baby Book for the Inner Child. And it goes through the astrological pieces. It goes through all the strategies, the techniques, all of that to help a person really functionally really get in touch with their inner child. And the other thing that I'm still working on, and that's why I've been so busy, is I am now doing a new expanded version of Discovering Your Soul Mission, and it's called Discovering Your Soul Mission, New Rules for a New Age. I've been wanting to do this for years. I haven't had the time or the energy to do it, and the book is becoming, it's, I've added chapters I couldn't add before because the publisher wouldn't let me. I've added, you know, the tables are upgraded and updated, so it's going to be coming out in November on ebook, it will probably be coming out on Amazon and Kindle and all those too. Um, so I'm looking, really looking forward to that happening. So anyone that's interested in more information about that can go on our website, creativechoices.com, or get in touch with Michael or I. Um, we're, we're looking for around the 15th of November for it to come out. So it may even before then. But anyone that wants to be, you know, be notified of that, and they just, you know, email us at creativech at aol dot com, and I'll put you on our mailing list so we can make sure we, you know, we send you an advertisement. Great, Great. timing for Christmas gifts. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's perfect. Right. Well, you know, that that's the date that the first book came out. Hmm. It was Wonderful. November fifteenth, nineteen ninety-eight, and so Amazing. I'm thinking, well, what a what a good good time for the you know the the second one to come out. Well, this brings us to the end of our show today. And um, Janie, hasn't this been wonderful for the four of us to get together again after all these years? A delight. I can't wait to listen to the on-demand <laughs> version. I, know, me too. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> you know, and I, I do want to say one last thing. You know, I have said many times that my students need to go beyond me. Because that's important. You know, that's what a good teacher wants, that their students to take what they've learned and go sailing with it, go, you know, whatever. And you all are doing that, and I really acknowledge you for that. So congratulations. Thank you. Well, thank you, Linda and Michael Brady, for joining us today and for all of the work that you've done for us, your students, and for your clients over the years. And, um, you know, we encourage our listeners to go check out their website. And... um, we want to uh, tell you about what we have coming up for next week. We hope you will join us again when we discuss another Leo topic on our show titled The Evolution of the Ego and the Enneagram with our guest Jessica Dibb of Baltimore's Inspiration Community and Consciousness School. And thank you, listeners, for joining us today on Astrology, the Theory of Everything. You can find us on Facebook at Astro Talk Radio. And please share your inner child experiences with us. You can link up with Janie and me on LinkedIn. And we can continue our inner child conversation on Twitter with hashtag Astro Talk Radio. Thank you for being a part of the show today. Please join Janie McCarthy and Mary Jo Weavers again next week for another edition of Astrology, the Theory of Everything. We're live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America's 7th Wave Channel. May the stars be with you.